Well, thank you for joining us right here on Channel Africa. Thank you for joining us on our various platforms on DSTV Channel 802 on the audio bouquet. And if you're listening to us uh, on our website, we're on www.channelafrica.co.za. I'm told that we have Ibrahim Dean, research at Afro Middle East Center. And as soon as I was told that, I was like, oh, no, I hope Ibrahim doesn't think we're overusing him or abusing him because I also see some of my colleagues who are speaking to him um, yesterday over this issue of Algeria. Uh, so I just want to humble myself before Ibrahim and really thank him because he's one of the few voices in South Africa who's really an expert in terms of uh, these Middle East uh, issues that uh, we're tackling sometimes on our program. So thank you, thank you, Ibrahim, for being patient with us and giving us your time. But let me give you a bit of an, a backdrop of what's happening here in Algeria. Algeria's President Abdelaziz Bouteflika has resigned after weeks of massive street protests around the country. Bouteflika, who has been in power for 20 years, had already dropped plans to seek a fifth term as opposition to his rule grew and pressure mounted. The Algerian army had called for the 82-year-old to be declared incapable of carrying out his duties. Protesters had vowed to continue piling on pressure until the entire government collapsed. President Bouteflika has been visibly ill since he suffered a stroke six years ago and has avoided public events ever since. The latest is that Bouteflika has now written a letter to the people of Algeria asking and pleading for forgiveness. He added that he was leaving the political stage with either sadness nor fear for Algeria's future. While Ibrahim Dean, researcher at Afro Middle East Center, joined joins us now uh, to help us on this subject. Ibrahim, thank you once again. I'm really sorry. I hope we're not abusing you. <laughs> no problem. Anytime. <laughs> well, Ibrahim, we're seeing a very interesting dynamic now after the resignation of Bouteflika, which is now we're seeing the protests continue and uh, the protesters continue to say that they want an entire overhaul of the Algerian government. Yeah, as, as, as we, you know, it's very important to look at the context of Algeria and the context of the resignation. Now, when we talk about Algerian politics, um, you know, most analysts agree that it's ruled by uh, what they call an cabal or what they call la pavoir, the power in French, which is basically a coalition of the military, the intelligence services, and the ruling FLN and uh, Democratic Rally parties, the RDN party. Um, and this has been the case since the 1990s um, and even before. Um, what has happened in recent weeks uh, is, uh, or in recent years, is Bouteflika has tried to, you know, ensure or basically expand the civilian component of the state at the expense of the military component uh, and the intelligence component. So, for example, in 2014, 2015, he fired many of the of the DRS's heads, Mohammed Medina, for example, who found the organization in 1980s, or headed the organization in 1980s. Also, the DRS was then subsumed into a, a body that ruled directly to him. He also started removing many military or senior military officials. In last year alone, he removed, I think, eight, uh, between 8 and 12 military generals. Um, and so, you know, going on, uh, what happened this year, you know, after the fifth term, and when the military saw the protest and saw... Uh, even uh, and the DRS saw, you know, a, pro, uh, a process to instrumentalize or a space to instrumentalize the protest to regain their influences. 
they began distancing themselves from Bouteflika. And so, uh, you know, Bouteflika was then forced, for example, to say he's not going to have a fourth term or run for a fourth term in early March. Uh, protest then continued, and, uh, you know, now he uh, resigned. But I think significantly before he resigned, he said two things. One is he reshuffled the cabinet, um, uh, putting uh, loyalists in very key positions, such as Nurdin Badawi, who is the current prime minister, uh, uh, keeping himself as defense minister. Uh, and two is, I think he said that he will resign on the 28th of April. So he's, you know, he's giving an option for this coalition to now re, re come, you know, come up with a re, uh, with a new consensual candidate that they can agree upon. And they have already been trying to do so. So you know, behind the scenes, they have been maneuvering behind these three groupings to try and come up with a new candidate. On the ground, however, people seem to be aware of this and are calling for a, 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 you know, a much more bigger change or much more substantive change of power. Uh, and you know, I think that if that substantive change occurs, then we will see change. Whereas if you know, Bouteflika just goes, uh, you know, the, the people behind his rule, I mean, Bouteflika, as you said, has been suffering or had a stroke six years ago and has been seen very little in, parliament, uh, in uh, public since then. And so, uh, you know, it, it's very doubtable that he actually has the capacity or has been ruling in the past six years. There actually has been, you know, this elite coalition, uh, you know, at times which has been, you know, certain factions are more powerful. A faction within this coalition has been ruling for the past six years. Mm. Well, let us know a little bit about uh, this uh, um authoritarian group or clan, as you highlighted uh, the French name for it, Le Pavoir, or meaning the power, uh, you highlight the fact that there's different factions within it. Can you elaborate on the, 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 the leading kingpins within this group? Okay, so the leading kingpin is uh, Ahmed Gaid Salah, as, as most people would be aware of, the, the military chief of staff, who himself actually owes his position to Bouteflika, uh, and who, uh, you know, U.S. Uh, State Department leaked uh, title is the most corrupt Algerian military official in the country. Um, so he's one of the key kingpins. Uh, the other one is uh, Mohammed Medina, who was uh, previously the head of the DRS, General Tufik, as they call him, uh, was very, very powerful in the 80s and early 90s, um, and, uh, you know, clans within the, the ruling FLN party. Uh, its secretary general, uh, and Sayed Bouteflika, Bouteflika's uh, younger brother, who uh, you know many argue was the, was was really the person uh, you know ruling for the past five six years. So these are the four individuals that I think are key in representing their different constituencies, and um, you know they have already been. Uh, you know, just on Monday, a former prime minister came out saying that. You know, the three, the military, the DRS, and Bouteflika's brother agreed that he should take over. So we already can see that they're working in the background trying to renegotiate uh, a consensus between these three groupings. Because at the end of the day, all three of these, you know, all three or all four of these different elite groupings um, benefit from the system. And they don't want to see the system change too much because they don't want to lose their interests. Uh, and, and that's why, you know, they basically agreeing but not agreeing, you know, in the background and trying to find a candidate that would be acceptable to all four of them mm. and also acceptable to the protesters, which, you know, is the unknown quantity according to them. And in mm. this, you know, in this case is actually the quantity that is actually 
forcing the change. Mm. Well, I'm going to take a quick break, and then when we come back, we're going to bring in Ibrahim McCain, who is a senior uh, policy advisor at the Open Society Foundation's Africa Regional Office. We have Ibrahim and Ibrahima. So I have to be very, very clear on uh, when I switch uh, uh, guests here. Uh, so let's do that after our break. Swiss chocolate wouldn't be Swiss chocolate without African cocoa. <laughs> you know, it's funny when you think about it that way because you realize just how important Africa is to the global economy. And as long as we are deemed to be inferior by the community out there, nothing's ever going to change. I believe it's one of the uh, ancient Greek philosophers who said that when we teach, we'll learn twice. Hello, Africa. Welcome to 1000 African Voices on Channel Africa. 1000 African Voices every Saturday morning at 9 a.m. with repeats on Sundays between 10 and 11 as well as on Monday morning between 3 and 4 Central African Time. 1,000 African Voices with me, Awurengwi C on Channel Africa, the voice of the African Renaissance from an African perspective. Well, definitely, we've been looking at the story here on Channel Africa for a while now since the protests began. And if you're just joining us now, we're looking at uh, the uh, issue of uh, uh, Algeria's President Abdelaziz Bouteflika resigning after weeks of massive protests in uh, the country's capital. And uh, we know that uh, currently there is uh, uh, the Senate Speaker Abdelkader Bensala, who is known to be Bouteflika's ally and he seems to be going to be heading the interim uh, government uh, for the next 90 days while uh, elections are being organized. Let me bring Ibrahim McCain into this uh, conversation. What are your thoughts around uh, the current uh, status quo right now where people are saying, well, they're not even interested in this current interim uh, government that is uh, holding things down in uh, uh, Algeria Ibrahima, uh, what are your thoughts in terms of also the Senate Speaker's ability to control situation until uh, the organization of the elections? Well, uh, there is a process to follow. And I think uh, since the beginning, the only process that is available at the moment is the constitutional process. Because uh, those who are on the street they are not well organized. They just go on the street. They didn't want Bouteflika. But they were offering options to uh, for change. Um, the opposition doesn't exist in Algeria. Uh, on the street, you even don't have a leadership uh, on those who are marching every Friday. So the only option that they, the, 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 that is realistic is the constitutional option. Of course, uh, Bouteflika put his men in all the different institutions of the country. And I believe that that's the only way that people have to uh, follow uh, to make sure that there is a transition in Algeria. Mm. Uh, election will be in 90 days. People have to find candidates, uh, you know, to, to be presented for that uh, election. And I think that's the, the only way that we, we have at the moment. Of course, the army is still there to make sure that uh, uh, things go very well. And um, I, I'm sure that 
the, the Front National, uh, the, the former ruling party, will not get anything. And in this process, we will get the new leadership. I'm sure. Is it that simple, uh, Ibrahima? Because uh, what has been highlighted by some of the people in the streets, and just hearing some of the quotes uh, on various um, news networks and also uh, online services, is the fact that people don't trust uh, the current uh, political cabal to actually lead uh, a way into these elections. And there's a trust deficit here with uh, uh, the protesters and uh, this uh, interim government. Uh, isn't that problematic in itself? You know, uh, the fear is that... Um, Ibrahim, let me give it to Ibrahim. I know that this one was going to be a challenge, but I'm going to try um, maybe I refer to you guys in your surnames. But let me let me hear the answer first from Ibrahim Kane. Yes. Uh, you know, uh, I understand very well the anger and the, you know, uh, the feeling on the street. But the, the, the street doesn't offer any alternative at the moment. They are not, they are, there is no, uh, you know, leadership uh, uh, within those who are marching uh, every Friday. Uh, and the state has to run. The state has to continue to exist. And the only possibility that they, uh, those who are protesting is to start now thinking of the leadership to start now thinking of candidates that they can put forward uh, in the 90 days for the election. Otherwise, uh, the, um, the system will continue to function as it is. You, you know, uh, Algeria is one of those countries on the continent where uh, you have what is going on normally in the streets, and, but you have behind the scenes those who are controlling the system. Algeria is among the few African countries that got its independence through a liberation movement. The army has always played an important role in the country, and I believe that the army will continue to play that role. In the past, you had two other actors, uh, the secret services and the government. Uh, the secret services at the moment, you know, when you look at what is happening, is no longer holding any power. The government is completely down. So the only institution that can really play a significant role in this current process is the army. And I think mm. the, the leadership of the army has shown uh, less interest in choosing who will run the country, but they are just there to ensure that things go smoothly. So for me, uh, the challenge at the moment for everybody is to find a person or to find uh, you know, a group of persons who will be running this transition because those who are in power are short of uh, ideas at the moment. That's the big challenge in my view. Okay, Ibrahim Dean, do you agree with Ibrahim Akane there with his uh, thoughts there around the fact that uh, the army could be insulated from having uh, political ambitions opposed to the Bouteflika era? I mean, I think that's uh, what the protesters are, are saying, is that the army itself is political, that the army is politicized and has always been politicized, uh, that the DRS still plays a big role in the country, that the FLN still is playing a role, and that there's two ruling parties, the FLN and the Democratic Rally Party, who actually the prime minister came from, Ahmadou Yaya, and the current guy, Abdul Qadr Salah, 
is the head of the, the uh, National Democratic Rally, not the Front Liberation. Um, and so, you know, protesters are talking about the fact that that the system has been basically these, these different cogs, the DRS, the Army, the FLN, are all part of the system. And for a, a new change to happen, uh, we need to remove, you know, these, I mean, moving one part is not going to actually result in much change. I think, you know, agreeing with Ibrahim in the sense that uh, that for stability to happen and for a transition to be smooth, uh, you know, they need to find a way. There needs to be two things. One is uh, protesters need to agree on uh, a leadership grouping uh, that can negotiate with the army or can negotiate with the state. Uh, and this is unfortunately, unfortunately not the case. You know, there has been two calls in the past month. One was a declaration issued by a few of six figures, I think, um, in early March, uh, you know, talking about a, a civil state, talking about the army moving back from politics. Unfortunately, one of the signatories was part of the former band on the now banned Islamic Salvation Front. And so much of the protest of the, you know, on the street disagreed with that. Then there is the coalition group that formed, you know, after the 24, or for the 2014 election, which is the Muatta group. Uh, basically a coalition of different opposition parties. But, you know, at the moment, because um, there has been no real you know, space for opposition to grow in the past 20 years, there is no figure that, you know, for a transition to happen, uh, you need a person to negotiate with as well. And uh, unfortunately, the military doesn't see this negotiate. Uh, you know, there is no emerging coalition that, to negotiate with us, and I think, you know, in a 90-day process, because of the the FLN or the, the La Pauvoise control on, on 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 events, that even if opposition figures come up with a candidate, it's very unlikely, you know, the state will deploy its full machinery to back its candidate, and so we may end up in a situation similar to what happened in Egypt. Um, so, you know, many are talking about the fact that we need to look at seeing, I mean, people on the street need to be able to uh, coalesce, to form groupings, uh, to institutionalize this new gained power that they have. And that, unfortunately, doesn't occur in 90 days. It needs to be a process. Mm. And, um, and, and the, the quicker a transition mm. happens right now, the more it's going to benefit uh, the entrenched powers. That's what I wanted to ask you, Ibrahim Dean, because... I was thinking around those 90 days in terms of them actually being a strategic call uh, by uh, this interim government so that there's not enough time for organizing and institutionalizing uh, an opposition front. Yes, I mean, you know, we just have to look at, at the country we live in, South Africa. The transitional process was four years. Uh, you know, many other countries, it's two years, even in South in Sudan. Uh, you know, where the opposition is talking about, uh, you know, where we already seen uh, institutionalized opposition, they're still saying we need a four-year interim period or a two-year interim period uh, to actually organize, to actually, you know, get a candidate that uh, would appeal to both the population and would be, uh, would have state, you know, the capacity enough to run a new state. Uh, right now, the opposition is just students. Uh, there's, there's political parties, but because the political parties have been undermined for so long, they don't really have much strength. There's the banned uh, Islamist uh, move, uh, you know, movement for the Society of Peace, uh, who has some power but is underground. So, you know, a, a quick transition and a quick election will actually benefit the regime. 
not necessarily the protesters. Okay, um, Ibrahim Kane, what are your thoughts around what uh, Ibrahim Dean is highlighting in terms of uh, the fact that uh, 90 days could not be enough for um, a proper systematic uh, a transitional period for the country? Well, I, I fully agree with him that in 90 days you cannot make you cannot complete make a shift from uh, the system that existed uh, you know since independence to a new one you can't uh, you need a serious uh, transition meaning uh, somebody who will be in charge of the country for a period of time to be determined by the different actors and a period within which you identify a number of things to be done. You know, uh, the problem in Algeria is not just about Putteflika must go. It's about changing the constitution. This constitution is the one that allows the system to function since independence. So Algerians have to discuss what kind of country they want, what kind of political system they want, and how do they want to see the country functioning in the next 25 years. That, in my view, necessitates a a creation of a mechanism that will uh, enable Algeria to have a new constitution. For me, the transition should be a transition within which the new rules of the game will be determined by different actors. But there is a difficulty. The difficulty is this, uh, as uh, Ibrahim rightly said, you don't have within those who have protested uh, an organized uh, you know, system uh, that wants to really play an important role. Today, if you ask Algerians what kind of future do you want, <laughs> you, you may end up with uh, 42 million per solution. So people have to get organized, have to, to really uh, start thinking of you know, through different institutions, organizations, to think of what, what kind of what kind of country they want, what future they want for Algeria. Then, depending uh, a period of transition, it can be one year, it can be two years. I think the maximum, in my view, the realistic one, is one to two years, during which all the, you know, the, 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 the rules of the game, everything will be determined. And then, election, proper election can be organized, and those elections will lead now to a new leadership. And that leadership, in my view, will fully represent, you know, the will of Algeria. Otherwise, the system will continue with some actors. Of course, it will not look like uh, the Bouteflika system, but it will remain in the hands of those who liberated the country, and, you know, that system... Is all that system is it's an old-fashioned system, and it can it cannot continue to run a country like Algeria, where uh, almost 70% of the population is under 35. You know, mm, you can't mm, rule mm. uh, that population with people who are 70 or 80 years old. Mm. It has to change.
Well, that's the voice there of Ibrahima Kane, a senior policy advisor at Open Society Foundation's Africa Regional Office. He speaks with us alongside Ibrahim Dean, who's a researcher at the Afro-Middle East Center. I'd like uh, to look at that point that Ibrahima uh, was uh, speaking about around the Constitution of Algeria. And I'd like to look at that history because that's very pivotal to this particular conversation because uh, the particular Algerian constitution was uh, drafted uh, under uh, the supposition that Algeria become a one-party state uh, ruled by the former resistance movement, the National Liberation Front. We'll look at how important the change of the constitution is in light of uh, the transformation of the country. But let's take a quick break before we do that. Miss out the Fate Annual Africa Shared Value Summit taking place from the 23rd to the 24th of May 2019 in Nairobi, Kenya. Thought leaders and business changemakers from across Africa will share insights and case studies showing how shared value can transform your business and create the Africa we want. Book your ticket at AfricaSharedValueSummit.com today. Channel Africa is a proud partner of Africa Shared Value Summit and will broadcast live from the summit. Make sure you don't miss out on the broadcast on the 23rd and the 24th of May 2019. Log on to www.channelafrica.co.za or tune in to DSTV Channel 802 to be part of the conversation. Channel Africa, African Perspective. Yes, we are Channel Africa, where we give you the African perspective, something we do not shy away from, that uh, we are telling the narrative of uh, the Africans themselves, and uh, the narrators are us, the Africans. And today, we're joined by also our fellow colleagues on the African continent, Ibrahim Dean, researcher at the Afro-Middle East Center, and Ibrahima Kane, who's a senior policy advisor at the Open Society Foundation's Africa Regional Office. Um, Let me come to you, Ibrahim Dean, in terms of elaborating on the point that was made by Ibrahima Kane before we went on uh, that short break in terms of uh, the problem of Algeria being the constitution. Could you give us a little bit about what is in the constitution that is problematic and is creating uh, such a st- uh, static uh, um, uh, political uh, construct in the country? I think there's two things, you know, uh, that, that, that I, um, one is the constitution and two is the the what they call the Declarations of Freedom or the 1956 Declaration, which many, you know, older Algerians see as more, even more important than the Constitution. These two documents uh, detail a, a type of state, uh, you know, that is ruled by the liberation movement, uh, that, uh, you know, they, they detail the military's power in the state, and, and that's why the military was able to, uh, you know, stop the, or hold the elections in 1991. Uh, when the Islamic Salvation Front had won the first round, and so you know, these, 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 the Constitution basically empowers those components of the state at the expense of the popular will, 
and uh, has meant that you know the power has not been vested in institutions, has not been in in, in popular will, but has been vested in uh, in the military and the party, and that that needs to change for uh, you know for more substantive change to occur. And as Ivan uh, said, that. Um, for you know, for you can't you can't change the system if you don't change if you just replace the the, the figurehead. I mean, Buteflika, you know, was himself not really ruling for the past four years. Um, he was already incapable. So whatever that system was that the constitution spawned, uh, that you know has been ruling. And so for substantive change to happen, we need an interim constitution for now, and we need Algerians to. Uh, and Bouteflika wanted to even talk about empowering the more civilian components of the state, change the constitution. So we do need a new constitution, an election held under a new constitution, which would hopefully change the rules and ensure more fairness, you know, equitability and popular representation. That's going to be a tricky process because it would mean that uh, there is an opposition to actually debate that particular alteration as well, Ibrahim, as we were speaking on earlier. But I want to get Ibrahim Kane's thoughts on uh, some of your points. What What is your response to that, Ibrahim? Well, uh, you know, I think we're speaking the same language. Uh, we all know that the, uh, for Algeria to be a new country, uh, you need to, uh, I'm not saying get rid of the past, because I think, uh, uh, you know, people need to recognize that Algeria has always played an, impo- an important role on the continent. Uh, you know, the symbolism of uh, uh, the war for the independence is very important. The symbolism of uh, Algeria being one of those countries in the 50s, in the 60s, I think, South Africa know very well the role that Algeria played in the liberation of uh, uh, South Africa. So, so Algeria has always been playing that role. But that era is over. It's over because those who are running the system, uh, you know, are old. And they need to give chance to new uh, ideas, to new way of thinking, to new way of organizing the, uh, the country. But that's a very difficult one. You know, I, I even believe that, you know, I think there was a time where uh, Bouteflika himself made a speech where he, he was saying, our era as, you know, freedom fighters is over. Let's leave the country to new hands, to a new generation, to a younger generation, to continue to, you know, to run the dream, the dream of uh, an independent country, the dream of a country that uses its resources for itself, but also for for the continent. But it didn't do it. Now we are stuck because, you know, in, in, in this kind of context where, uh, you know, there is a vacuum of power and mm. so and so, it's quite complicated, you know, to start thinking of uh, what to do because, you know, you have to, to deal with the urgency. The urgency is Algeria needs to have a leadership. Mm-hmm. Because Algeria is in a region where there is a lot of problems. You know, in the southern part of Algeria, you have jihadism. Uh, in the western part of Al- Algeria, you have the problem of Western Sahara. Uh, uh, mm-hmm. You know, in the Mediterranean uh, region, you have all these issues of uh, migrants, many, many other issues. There is, we cannot have the luxury uh, 
to have a vacuum of power in Algeria. It will be very dangerous for the country itself. It will be very dangerous for Africa. So I think there is a need uh, for for Algerians themselves at least to think of what next. And, and I think, you know, we don't have many options. For me, the only option, and I think I fully agree with Ibrahim, uh, that we need a transition. But what is the duration of that transition is for Algerian actors to, to, to determine it. And, and the difficulty is at the moment there is no opposition in Algeria because Bouteflika and his, his system destroyed any kind of uh, 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 opposition for the last uh, 20 years where he, when he was in power. But now there is a, a vacuum. How mm-hmm. do you feel that vacuum? The, 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 the street cannot just run the country. You need an organized system at least to run the country. That's why, for me, we still, we, we still have the army. We still have the army, but the army cannot be as powerful as it was uh, before. The army has listened what the country has said, and the army also wants to ensure that there, there will be a smooth handover of power because... Uh, you know, violence against in Algeria uh, is not an option. This mm. country has suffered from independence up to now many, many crises, you know. Mm. And, and mm. I think the, 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 the 10 years between 90, 1988 to 1998 was really, really terrible for all the Algerians. And they don't know, uh, they know that they don't want the repetition of that. So I think it's really a very, very sensitive period in Algeria, and any people who want really peace on the continent needs to help the Algerian mm. find a solution to their, pro- their current problem. Mm. Ibrahim Dean, let me give you the final sentiments in terms of responding to what Ibrahim Kane is highlighting there, especially around issues of uh, the opposition vacuum that we've seen over the years due to the fact of uh, uh, the uh, really overarching strength of uh, the National Liberation Front as a whole, but also its uh, leaders uh, from one system to another. It seems like uh, it has been a continuous flow of events for many years and to create a new culture and reality on the ground in terms of entrenching a new system of uh, a, a revived opposition um, uh, politics culture is going to be difficult, isn't it? Yes, I mean, and that's why I agree with Ibrahim fully when we talk about needing a transition, probably possibly led by one of these former prime ministers, you know, who was removed because he wasn't so close to the, to La Pavoua, you know, like someone like an Ali Benflis who could you know, takeover may not be fully tolerated by the opposition, not also liked fully by the FLN and La Pauvoie. You know, maybe that would work. But I think Ibrahima's critical point, which I think we don't really touch upon, is is the region. Is Algeria is in a region yeah. that is unstable. Sure. And it's, 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 it's instability will actually worsen situations in the region. So, you know, I think it... The, the, the decade of the 80s and 90s and the conflict in Libya has meant that most Algerians don't want to see violence. Uh, you know, it's, it's the opposition, also the protesters, F, the FLN, the military. That's one good thing. But the region itself is, 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 is a region that, you know, has, is currently uh, beset by conflict, beset by instability. And an unstable Algeria will just 
act as a force multiplier, uh, specifically when we're talking about Nusrat al-Islam al-Muslimun in Mali or, or Polisario in, 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 in Western Sahara, you know, uh, what happens to them and what happens to these groupings if this regime, uh, and leave alone uh, Libya, what happens to that country if, uh, you know, the Algerian-Libyan border becomes more porous? Uh, and so that's why I think, uh, you know, people in continental bodies do need to start uh, looking at trying to assist Algerians in, uh, you know, mediating uh, a, a solution to the current, I mean, constitutional crisis, as we would call it, rather.